Hello, and welcome back to EM Clerkship. My name is Maddie Watts, and this is the last episode of our series on applying and interviewing for emergency medicine residency. Interview season is coming to an end, so my goal for this episode is to answer all of those lingering questions that will be plaguing your mind between the last day of interviews until that fateful day in March. Today, we will cover three big questions. Number one, how do I go about making my rank list? Number two, what about post-interview communication, both from and to programs? Number three, how does this whole thing called the match actually work? Before we dive in, I want to say a few words about the bigger picture to hopefully settle your nerves a little bit. In medicine, the match is held up on a pedestal as the culmination of all of your hard work. Given the time that you've put in up to this point, from pre-med classes to working to glean clinical experience, to days on end studying in preclinicals, to grueling hours in third and fourth year, it's hard not to feel an immense pressure to ensure that all of that hard work has paid off. Yes, the match is important, but in reality, all residency is is your first job. In no other field or industry is your first job given so much weight. When I think about my friends and family that are in other fields, Almost all of them have switched jobs at least once by their late 20s. For most of them, their first job was nothing more than a stepping stone to help gain experience and a way to pay the rent. Even if I consider attendings at my current program, they all have such a wide array of backgrounds and residency training experiences, and yet all of them ended up with the same academic job. The point being that there are several ways to achieve the same end goal. There are probably several programs that could train you to be the doctor that you want to be. In fact, I think this is why deciding on your rank list is so hard, because there truly are multiple places for everyone that will be a good fit for you. So even though this is a stressful time, just know that you will be successful and you will be happy as long as you continue to work hard towards your goals. All right, with that said, let's answer question number one. How do you go about making your rank list? The answer to this is that it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. And let me tell you, I tried just about every strategy in the book to make this decision easy. I tried pro-con lists. I tried assigning point values across different categories and totaling the scores. I tried online softwares that pit one program against another over and over until it spits out a final ranking. But in the end, it came down to gut feeling. And this was exactly what I was told by all of those who had gone before me. People older than me in my medical school, residents that I talked to, attendings. When you know, you know. That's what everyone said. But here's the question I struggled with. How do I know what my gut is telling me? And now that I've been through the process, I do feel like I can help you with that. Although I absolutely love the program where I ended up, I was very stressed during the rank list process, and I did not come to my final decision until relatively late. So here's three things that I learned from my own experience that I feel like will help you decide what your gut is telling you. Number one, the more information, the better. Talk to as many people as possible and gather as many sides to the story. Number two, find what your biggest priorities are. And number three, talk to the people who know you best. So first off, the more information, the better. 
it can be hard when interviewing to find the negatives about particular programs given that everyone is trying to put their best foot forward to attract applicants. I remember a lot of the things that I was considering as cons when forming my rank list were based on things that I'd heard from one person briefly on an interview day or things I'd read on a forum somewhere. For my top programs, I tried to talk to as many people as I could. Current residents, alumni, other students from my school who had also interviewed there. As I talked to more people, it was so much easier to get clarity on these little things that I was trying to figure out. So many times, things were not as I originally perceived them to be off of a single interaction. I did find certain drawbacks about each program that did seem to come up over and over, But with more information, I was better able to weigh whether or not that negative was truly a deal breaker for me. Next, when making your rank list, consider your priorities. And here I want you to think in big strokes. Things like cool elective rotations or monthly networking dinners sound super nice during interview day, but in the end, when you get into the day-to-day grind of residency, a lot of these smaller curricular features end up not really mattering that much. Here are some things that I would consider as very important and more likely to influence your overall happiness in a program now that I've been in residency for six months. One thing is lifestyle versus wanting to work as much as you can in three to four years to come out confident. This is something that I think programs have different philosophies on, whether or not it's important to maintain your wellness and put that as your first priority or whether it's better to get hounded with patients, and come out and feel really confident so that in your career, you have less questions. And that also depends person to person. So I think that's a broad category that you can consider in terms of your priorities and your rank list. Another thing is formal teaching or learning by doing. This is another way in which broadly programs will differ on their strategies, whether they're more lecture-based and teaching-based, or rather they're more focused on letting you learn by doing and having more autonomy. Another thing, location, location, location. I talked about this in a previous podcast, but values like proximity to loved ones or the ability to buy slash rent a house in the place where you're going are not to be undervalued. You really should think about this as where you're living, where you're spending your day-to-day, and who you're surrounded by ends up being incredibly important during this stressful time in your life. Similarly, salary and benefits are something that often we don't consider on the front end, but how this aligns with your larger financial goals is very important and is going to be a huge factor in your happiness and your ability to achieve your future career and financial goals. Finally, a note on reputation. A lot of people end up thinking heavily about reputation when they are going through their rank list process, but what matters more so than reputation are things like, where did the alumni go? Are those locations that you yourself wanting to practice in? Are more alumni going into academics or community medicine? And how does that align with your goals for your future career? And finally, what opportunities does this program give you to differentiate yourself in whatever field that you want to eventually end up in? Those are the bigger questions when it comes down to how a program's reputation will influence your values and the things that you care about most. So those are just a few things to consider, but the moral of the story is think about 
the larger things that you aspire to do in your career and how programs will help with having a similar culture and similar values or goals to what you ultimately want out of your life and out of your career. Lastly, when determining your final rank list, it's important to talk to people who know you best, whether that's your roommate, your significant other, your family member, or your best friend. Talk to them about each program that you are considering. Often, they can pick up on your gut feelings just by the way that you talk about programs and the way your mannerisms change. If they can hear the enthusiasm or hear the reservations in your voice, it might help you to validate some of those untouchable feelings that you have towards different programs. So let's summarize the strategies for making your rank list. There are many ranking systems that you can try, but ultimately it often comes down to your gut feeling. Make sure this gut feeling is correct by gaining as much information as possible from each of your programs. Be sure to consider your larger priorities in life, like learning style, work-life balance, finances, and social support. Lastly, talk to your loved ones and have them pay attention not just to your words, but how various programs make you feel. This might bring some additional clarity to those gut feelings that you're searching for. Now, we've covered making the rank list. Let's say that you've gone through this process, you've done some soul-searching, and you think you've settled on your number one program. This brings us to the second topic of discussion for this podcast. What about post-interview communication? There are two types of what we call post-interview communication. The first is communication that you send the program about your interest in matching there. This has lovingly been termed the letter of intent or LOI. An LOI basically is an email to the program director of your top program stating why you like the program and that you intend to rank them very highly or first. So let's answer some questions about that. And these answers are based on conversations that have been had by program directors interviewed on the Academic Life in Emergency Medicine podcast, as well as information from the CORD slash EMRA applying guide. Should you send an LOI? The answer to that is send a letter of interest only if and when you feel confident about it. For your number one program, send an LOI saying that you are ranking them number one. However, if you choose to communicate with programs that you might be ranking highly but not number one, such as your number two or number three, you can express interest by reaching out to residents and faculty with questions, attending events, But you may not want to send an email that says something more generic like, I'm ranking you highly, because sometimes program directors can interpret that as, well, if you didn't say you're ranking me number one, that probably means we're not number one. So in general, you can choose to use the terminology, I'm ranking you highly, but for the most part, just show interest, tell them how excited you are about the program, and only say where you're ranking them if it's your number one. It's also okay not to send an LOI at all. I especially recommend this if you're not quite sure which program is going to ultimately be your number one. Whatever you do, you don't want to send emails saying I'm ranking you number one to multiple programs. While this may end up slipping under the rug, there are many times where program directors do talk, and if they find out that you've told multiple programs that you're ranking them number one, that might not look so good. Uh, as honesty is clearly something important to program directors for their future residents. 
In the end, the biggest question people come back to is, does sending an LOI make a difference? No one can definitively say yes or no because every situation is different, and there are numerous factors that influence the match for each person. But here's the general consensus that I have come to understand through research that I've done on my own. If you are highly ranked at a program, not sending an LOI likely won't drop you far enough down their list to where you won't match. If you are ranked very low at a program, sending an LOI likely won't make you match where you weren't going to before. If you are on the cusp at a program, sending an LOI could help move you up a couple of spots, but on the whole is unlikely to make a difference. In general, the thought is that LOIs probably aren't going to make a huge difference in your ultimate match result. Programs try very hard to evaluate applicants based on their application and their interviews and not make a lot of changes after that interview day to their rank list. However, showing interest and reaching out to residents and faculty at that program, especially the program director, may help to move you up just a little bit because obviously programs want to have people that are happy to be there. So if you're feeling confident about a program, go ahead and let them know, but don't feel nervous if you've decided not to send an LOI as it's probably not going to be a deal breaker. Now let's talk about the second type of post-interview communication. This is the communication that programs may send you. Sometimes that's just a follow-up email regarding info sessions or residents reaching out directly and offering to connect with you or answer your questions. Other times, programs may send more direct emails about their interest in you and hopes that you decide to rank them highly. Here's some general tips about communication that you receive from programs. Not hearing from a program does not mean you're not ranked to match. Program directors have varying opinions about post-interview communication. Several program directors may prefer to refrain from post-interview communication as they feel strongly about letting applicants make their own decisions and don't want to influence applicants in one way or another. Some other program directors feel differently and might choose to reach out to those applicants that they are most excited about. However, hearing from a program also does not mean that you are ranked to match. Some programs may send something to everyone, wanting to make sure that everyone feels welcome and has had several residents and faculty reach out to them. If you do get something from a program, respond politely and honestly. If a program lower on your list reaches out to you, do respond politely about the things that you enjoyed about their interview day, but don't tell them that you're hoping to match there if that's not the truth. Moral of the story is, do not let communication from programs affect your rank list. As match approaches and as anxiety rises, there may be a temptation to increase the rank of a program that seems interested in you in order to guarantee a match. However, the match process is weighted very heavily towards the applicant, and this may limit your chances of matching at the place that you truly do love most because you're trying to game the odds in order to make sure that you match. Let's go into a quick summary on post-interview communication, and then we'll talk a little bit more about how the match actually works. If you're confident in your number one program, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and send an email to the program director explicitly stating your interest. However, a letter of interest likely only makes a small difference, and if you're not sure, don't let this stress you out. 
Be polite and enthusiastic if programs reach out to you, but don't read into this communication as a definitive sign that you are or are not going to match there. Now, the final question of today's podcast, how does the match actually work? If you're like me, you've spent numerous holidays trying to explain to your various friends and family members about this weird process called the match. You might say to them, it's like sorority rush, but for highly qualified future medical professionals, or say it's basically like an elaborate form of speed dating. Your friends and family will likely nod along and then proceed to ask again when you're going to get your multiple offers. As much as we all in medicine like to joke about how none of our families understand the match process, there came a moment during my match where I realized I wasn't even sure how the process worked. Would the computer take into account my ranking more, or would it take into account more whether or not I was high on that program's list? This prompted me to go down an internet black hole that, lo and behold, did actually yield some answers. There's a great video on YouTube that shows graphically how the match plays out with several applicants. For those visual people like me, I'll link it in the show notes. But let me do my best to explain what I learned. The match first tries to match every applicant to their first choice program. If there are more applicants that put a program number one than that program has spots, then the highest ranked applicants will get the spots until they fill their intern class. Then, the match will start over trying to rank every applicant to their second choice program. So, the match really does preference where you ranked first over which program had you highest on their rank list. However, if a program has several people putting them number one, you do have to be high enough up on that program's list in order to match there. A few words about the logistics of ranking. Do rank everywhere that you interviewed unless you'd rather not match than go to that program. Rank by the order that you want to be at programs, not by the order of programs you think will take you. Finally, avoid relying on reputation alone and focus more on fit. You may think that because a program is highly ranked that you're less likely to match there and so you put it lower on your list, but little do you know, It was a great fit for you when you interviewed there, and they also thought the same about you, and had you ranked them highly, you could have matched there. Remember, this is about you and the best fit for you, so rank according to how you feel about the programs, and don't worry about how they feel about you. All right, let's do one big summary of today's podcast. In making your rank list, it really does come down to gut feeling. Shore up your spidey senses by talking to as many people as possible from each program. Consider the big picture and what values are most important to you in terms of both your general quality of life and your career goals. Finally, if you're still stumped, let your loved ones be the ultimate litmus test and have them watch your body language and listen to your voice as you discuss the pros and cons of your top programs. Once you've made that final decision, Know that the match process is set up to favor applicants as much as possible. You may choose to let that top program know about your decision, or you may not. It's not likely to have a huge influence on the ultimate outcome, but if you are certain, it's always good to put everything in your favor and reach out with a letter of intent. Lastly, don't be too swayed by a program's perceived interest or lack thereof, 
as all program directors have different ways of going about post-interview communication. That's a wrap on our series on applying and interviewing. I wish you all the best of luck on match day. Who knows, one of you may end up becoming my new co-resident. If you have anything you wish we had covered in this series, please let me know. My email is maddie at emclerkship.com. That's maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E, at emclerkship.com. And I will do my best to create a new podcast and cover it before the next season of interviewing. Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.